just organic, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't mind, but I'm not super adamant on it. I mean, I like cold opens. I think it's a good, like, start to the episode. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't have any problem with cold opens. Logan, do you know what a cold open is? It means you already pressed play. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it means that, yeah, I, I've already started recording, but, like, if we just riff for, like, five minutes and just talk naturally, there's As a podcast enthusiast, I know, I know. Those are the best openings, actually. Your mom's the best opening. Um... <laughs> episode of the kitchen sink podcast uh i am your host kyle harwick i just want to quickly say that i hope everybody is staying safe and practicing social distancing during these uh tumultuous times to say the least um hope everyone's feeling well and and making sure that others are are feeling good too and taking care of their loved ones and the people who are out there fighting the front lines, whether those are firefighters, uh, emergency hospital workers, you know, grocery store workers, whatever. Um, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Dylan Heiser. Dylan, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, the quarantine has absolutely gotten to me. Um, <laughs> I'm just itching for the draft, and that's the only thing that's on my mind at this point. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know... Typically, with the draft, I'm kind of focused on the NBA season, sometimes the NHL season a little bit too, the start of baseball. But now this is this is it. This is the only thing we have right now because everything else is is tabled for the time being. I, uh, I I don't typically say this, even though I am a fan of the sport. But like, God bless the NFL right now for being able to give us some <laughs> form of entertainment. Otherwise, yes. this would be really rough. <laughs> Uh, we are joined by a special guest. Uh, he's a good friend of mine and an avid NFL watcher, uh, at least the past couple of years. Uh, his name is Logan Green. Logan, uh, this is your first time ever doing a podcast. Uh, hopefully, you know, you're, you're up for the challenge and, and ready to have some fun. I am ready to let that sink in. Uh, it should be a good time. Um, yeah, no, this, like Dylan was saying, um, we're in a special moment. And uh, it's really the only thing that sports fans can look forward to right now. So I imagine this episode will be well-received and uh, everyone will feel the same with really wanting next Thursday to come quickly. Yeah, I don't even remember if I said in in my little intro what this episode was about. I'm not positive. Uh, But we are doing an NFL mock um, draft. Uh, in advance of the NFL draft, which is next Thursday when we are recording this. Um, probably the Thursday of, what, it'd be the 23rd. So probably the next Thursday by the time you're listening to this. Um, we are going to do 33 picks. There's three of us, so we each get 11 picks. 
That means we will go into the second round for one pick, so the Bengals can make their pick. The order is kind of completely randomized because, uh, as you guys probably know by now, Dylan is a 49ers fan, and Logan is an avid Vikings fan. And the way that the picks lined up, it didn't quite work that you know we could go every three picks that someone would be able to get the team that they want. Um, so we mixed some things up, and we also made some trades. So the final draft order is almost completely randomized. Uh, we'll get into that in a couple seconds. Uh, do want to take a quick break for a ad read, and we will be back following that. Hey everyone, this is uh, Kyle in post production. Uh, just wanted to tell everyone to stay safe during these uh, pandemic times and uh, practice social distancing whenever necessary. This is in place of our normal ad read, in which I would talk a little bit about uh, Anchor, which is the podcasting service that we use. But instead of telling you guys to go use a service, I uh, just want to tell you guys to stay safe uh, and support local businesses whenever possible. And we'll all get through this. Uh, that's all. Thanks. Back to Kyle and the rest of the game. All right. And we are back from that uh, ad read. Thank you, Kyle, for doing that ad read. Past Kyle. It's a good read. Um, I explained a little bit uh, before the break on how this is going to work. We do have a few trades that are going to come up. Draft order was randomly selected by me ahead of time. Uh, and I ended up getting the first overall pick which is the Cincinnati Bengals. And to no surprise to anyone, uh, they take Joe Burrow um, from LSU. He had statistically one of the greatest um, seasons for a quarterback in college football history. It was kind of a no-brainer pick. Uh, Dillard, I mean, this is a no-brainer for the Bengals, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, coming out of... Uh, coming out of high school, Joe Burrow was a really highly touted prospect. And then when he finally got his chance to, um, you know, take the starting job at LSU, his first year was kind of up and down. But in, in the second year, once he finally got, you know, the ropes and got like a competent, um, put into a competent system with Joe Brady there at LSU, um, you know, this, the sky was the limit and they, they obviously, they went undefeated. They won the title. He put up, like you said, one of the best statistical seasons of all time. And, um, he has literally all of the tools that you would look for in a modern, uh, NFL quarterback. He's got a strong arm. He's incredibly accurate. He has the pocket presence of a lot of people compared to Tom Brady, as far as like pocket presence is concerned. So, um, yeah, he's he's got everything you're you're looking for in a, a modern NFL quarterback, and the the Bengals would be. Honestly, I don't think that they should even listen to trade offers for this pick, but the, taking anybody but Burrow would be absolutely insane. Logan, does the does the age consideration uh, give any pause for the Bengals, or is this still just you know a home run pick for them? You know, there's no pause when they've spent the last. Was since the college football season ended, people have been trying to convince them not to take Joe Burrow. Um, right. right. I, 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 I mean, we, we, we could talk about what, we, what this pick would be if Tua doesn't have the history of injuries. But the bottom line is, is Joe Burrow is a future um, QB1, a, a franchise quarterback. And he's the safest pick because of Tua's health. 
and you add in the fact that he obliterated college football last year, and he, he's the pick. Everyone's just trying to convince themselves that it's not. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. And like you said, you know, everyone's kind of in the draft boards, like begging them not to take him so that they might have the opportunity to kind of trade up and, and get him. But yeah, it it really does come down to, you know, getting that guy to uh, replace Andy Dalton, who had been the, the franchise cornerstone for the Bengals for as long as I can remember. Uh, you know, I think we're all pretty young NFL fans here, but Andy Dalton has been a staple of that franchise for a very long time. Uh, we move on to number two. No trades yet, but the Redskins get their shot at um, who a lot of people are considering the best uh, player in the draft. Uh, Dylan, why don't you and only you tell us a little bit about who you picked uh, number two uh, okay. for the Redskins? All right. So. <laughs> we're going to go with uh, no surprise here. It's going to be if the Redskins stay and make this pick, it's going to be Chase Young. Um, so in this scenario, they, they did because they, like you said, he, uh, he's the best player in the, on um, in the draft. I think um, he plays at a position that is of the utmost value in the modern NFL with Ed Rusher. Um, he's still pretty, he's still young. So like he has room to improve, which is kind of insane given how productive he was at Ohio state. Um, and he has, honestly, the only flaw in his game is that he's terrible when he's triple teamed, you know, uh, when he places three blockers that one, they may be able to slow him down, but otherwise, uh, he's got zero red flags in his game. He's, uh, he got a lot better against the run, um, his last year at Ohio state, um, and has, you know, the, the not as not, he's not as, um, technically sound as some of the past uh, pass rushers that they produce like Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa or whoever, but he is far more athletic and he still does have good um, technique and he can beat you in a number of ways. He can beat you with speed rushes. He can beat you with uh, bull rushes. He can, you know, mix it up and he's uh, got incredible in- incredibly high work ethic. Um, everybody at Ohio state raved about him. Um, and yeah, he, he, he's a lock to be, you know, uh, centerpiece for their their defensive line for the next ten years now. Now, Logan, I want I want to hear you talk a little bit about Ohio State in general. They've kind of been um, this like training ground for the factory, NFL, really for, for for top prospects. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there are some people who would say you know they're they're producing you know some of the elite level talent that you see making the big plays in the NFL. Um, they obviously have another hit here, uh, you know, a couple other guys later on. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on Ohio state's production of, of these elite level guys? Yeah. Regardless of whether you love or hate Ohio state, you can't deny the level of talent that has entered the NFL from there, especially since urban Meyer took over. Um, whether it was Denzel Ward a few years ago, or um, who am I forgetting? He was just drafted a year or two ago. Nick Bosa. Really high up. Yeah, Nick, Nick Bosa. Uh, and he, I mean, these guys immediately made a gigantic impact on their teams. Um, pro Bowl level, maybe even all pro level, you could argue. Um, so I, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue that anyone else is doing it better right now. 
Alabama has been that way for a long time, but you really see sort of the elite level players uh, coming out of Ohio State. And I mean, where did Joe Burrow start? He started at Ohio State. Uh, yeah, they're doing a great job there. Um, yeah, I, I saw this stat earlier that was like uh, um, out of the last five years of the NFL draft, I think it was Alabama had the most draft picks um, with like 46, I want to say, or something like that. And then Ohio State was at second with 40. So, yeah, like you mentioned, both those schools are producing just elite-level talent right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, the second to the SEC right now is, is the Big Ten. Uh, so it, it does make sense that, you know, you see all these elite-level guys coming out of the top team in the Big Ten for the last, you know, gosh, seven years. It's been a while for Ohio State being on top. Uh, yeah. in the big time uh we do have a trade uh at number three uh this was initially a pick that was going to be made by the detroit lions they are trading down uh miami is going to trade up and get number three uh detroit gets a haul of picks from miami they will get the fifth pick the 26th pick and the 56th pick uh making the pick for the dolphins is Logan. Uh, Logan, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you're picking and why they traded, why the Dolphins traded up to get this guy? Surely not a quarterback, right? I mean, there's no reason you trade up just for that. No, I mean, it's obviously Tua here. Um, the, they got to make sure that the Chargers don't jump them because you better believe that the Chargers are going to be sending what they can to the Lions. Um, but the fact is the Dolphins have three first-round picks. And so they have plenty of ammunition to get up to the to that spot. Um, and, and I mean, like I had mentioned earlier, if Tua didn't have the history of injuries, really, if he hadn't had the serious injury this past season, he, he would have gone number one. I think there, there's little doubt for that. Um, the leadership skills, the athletic ability, and just the incredible level of talent that Tua has that he's had since day one, since he took over perhaps, you know, currently the most prestigious college football program in the country. And he's been nothing uh, short of spectacular. Uh, his numbers are eye-popping consistently year to year. Um, and Miami's got to be just elated that they did this. Their, their tanking didn't quite work. They didn't get all the way up to number one, but I still think they get their guy here. Yeah, we had talked a little bit about Tua uh, during the Joe Burrow pick, how things might have been a little bit different. Uh, for the Bengals, had Tua you know stayed healthy and and not suffered that injury towards the end of the season, Dylan, I think you know you know Tua still has to be this guy and that to be considered in the top five even despite that injury, correct? Um, I mean, yeah, his talent level is absolutely off the charts. Um, he uh is one of the better QB prospects uh, of the of, of recent years. Um. You know, he does basically everything you look for. Similar to Burrow, he does everything you look for in the modern uh, NFL. Um, he's super accurate. He can he could probably be a little bit stronger uh, with his uh, throwing strength, but um, he's very mobile, um, and he's really good as an improviser, and he has great pocket presence. Um, but yeah, like like we said, the injury history and the significant in, the hip injury that he had um definitely will scare some teams but 
Um, as far as talent goes, and if he's on the field, he's going to be one of the best players in this draft. There's no doubt in my mind. And Dolphins got to be feeling good about that tape that was just released within the last week. Uh, his workout was put together by Trent Dilfer, I believe, former NFL quarterback. And Tua looked good. He looked very mobile. Um, so you, you got to believe that unless for some reason the Bengals have been hiding it for months that really that was their guy, you got to believe the two is definitely going top five. Someone's someone's going to grab him. Yeah. He, he definitely has the uh, IQ to, I think, work through any sort of like lingering pain he might have from that injury. Um, and I think he, he is definitely like a workhorse and, you know, trying to get back out onto the field as soon as he can. So, yeah, I, I, like you said, that that tape is promising, and uh, think the Dolphins and Dolphins fans everywhere have to be pretty thrilled. Um, at number four, wedged in between the trade, we have the New York Giants. Um, the Giants have a need, uh, a want to strengthen up strengthen up that offensive line. Um, and with my pick in the at the fourth pick, uh, I have the Giants taking uh, Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, offensive tackle. Um, he's a versatile tackle. He can basically play right or left tackle, and he did so at Iowa, basically at on a need need to uh, do basis. Um, he's also just one of the most athletic tackles I think I've ever seen. He ran a four eight six forty at the combine. Uh, he I think he set the broad jump record for an offensive tackle. He sent he tied the high jump uh, or vertical record. Uh, for offensive tackles at the combine um, in high school he helped his team get to the state championship his senior year and then he won uh, the heavyweight wrestling championship and then he won shot put and discus so he's a very versatile athlete um, I, I'll, I'll throw this to Logan first Logan I mean oh, Iowa is another school that has been producing specifically tackle and offensive lineman talents or tight end talents for a while now uh, is worth just another example of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Kirk Ferentz has put together um, an amazing track record of, of NFL linemen and tight ends. Um, there've been a few busts here and there, Robert gallery back in the, in the early thousands, he was, I think the second overall pick that year didn't, didn't quite pan out. But when you look at people like Brandon Scherf currently plays for Washington, uh been to a few pro bowls not even been all pro a year um and i mean they've taken these guys who uh played like receiver or quarterback these guys who are really athletic and they turn them into tight ends linemen so in three years you go from say six three two ten and all of a sudden you're six three two eighty but you maintain that athleticism all of a sudden you know you get somebody like a george kittle um who i'm sure coming out of high school no one thought oh wow george kittle he's going to play in the nfl one day um so the, the level of preparation that the Iowa staff really does is almost second to none. I mean, Alabama gets these five-star recruits and they deserve all the praise for what they do as well as Ohio state. Um, but Iowa really does a good job bringing these guys who kind of fly under the radar, but they really turn them into solid players. And in the case of like George Kittle, uh, Brandon Sheriff, and back in the old day, Dallas Clark and Bob Sanders, you know, really make a big impact at the next level. Yeah. You know, uh, I live in the Iowa recruiting area, I'll say, and I cover high school sports in this area. And I've seen some really good athletes. I've covered a lot of football games, a lot of wrestling matches. And two of the best athletes that I've ever seen, uh, 
one of them committed to Iowa this year and one of them redshirted at Iowa this past year. So it's a testament to, you know, they're recruiting inside of their own little bubble and they're finding these gems that, you know, maybe these guys aren't getting looks at some of the other schools or they're getting looks and they're not getting looked at too seriously. Uh, Dylan, you know, you, I don't, did Ohio State play Iowa this past year? Uh, They did not. Okay. But, I mean, within the Big Ten, you know, you're going up against really I, great teams week in, week out, and he showed that he was one of the best tackles, not mm-hmm. only in the conference, but in the nation. Oh, absolutely. Um, do you think, I mean, this is a hit for the Giants, right, who are trying to protect their new franchise quarterback and Daniel Jones? Yeah, definitely. Um, They... They got who I think is the best out of the four, uh, quote unquote, like elite tackles that are in the stri- like in the top of the draft. Um, and I think Werfs is somebody that, you know, can be a, one of their, you know, franchise bookends to you know, protect Daniel Jones. And um, yeah, he just plays with a lot of power and he has great technique. And um, yeah, he goes up again. He, he I mean, he went up against. Ohio State a couple of years ago when when they were they had even an even better off uh, defensive line and and you know teams like Michigan who have who produce NFL talent and uh, like we were talking about Iowa uh, they've been kind of a factory for offensive linemen and and just great blocking football players honestly with tight ends as well so uh, yeah this would definitely be a hit for the Giants. Speaking of the Big Ten, uh, Dylan is going to talk a little bit about who he picked for the Lions at number five, who traded down. Um, they pass up, you know, quarterback and Tua. Um, they kind of take a back seat and let the Giants take their guy. Um, number four, the tackle. Who do you have the Giants taking out of the Big Ten at uh, number five, Dylan? Uh, the, the Lions. I think you said the, the Giants. Or yeah. Lions, yeah. Excuse uh, me, sorry. You're good. Um, so they're going to take uh, Jeff Okuda um, out of Ohio state. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the pick at three, if they don't make a trade beforehand, but um, they were able to trade back, get a couple more uh, draft assets here and still get their guy. Um, Okuda again um, is, is, has been talked about as one of the better uh, defensive back prospects um, that has come out in recent years. Uh there aren't very many holes in his game. If there are any, he uh, is as sticky in man coverage as you can be. Um, he's a great press corner. He's not afraid to be physical with receivers. Um, he's got good size, good length. Um, he ran a four four eight forty, which isn't like insanely fast, but he does play fast and he he plays tough. Um, and he's not afraid to make tackles. He's not afraid to get stick his nose in there and get after the football. Um, and he was first team All American. Uh, put up one of the best cornerback seasons in Ohio State history last year. Um, and yeah, if the, the Lions were able to get him here, um, they should be thrilled because they'll have somebody that can, um, you know, shut down one side of the field um, or shut down, you know, opposing wide receiver ones for, you know, years to come. Logan, let's talk a little bit about, um, first of all, uh, reading – just a, a player summary from a, a, a you know draft expert, I guess we'll call him. They say Jeffrey Okuda's off a spaceship, man, and then they compare him to Jalen Ramsey. 
Uh, if you're Matt Patricia, how thrilled are you to be able to pick him up at number five and, and move back in the draft and still get you know one of the best defensive players in the draft? I uh, he I mean he'd be thrilled, right? Um, Patricia's modus operandi, his defense, um, particularly of a Bill Belichick scheme, and Okuda is definitely going to fill the mold of a Stefan Gilmore, right? He's going to come in. And he's going to be that island. He's going to be that Darrell Revis, that Richard Sherman. Um, maybe not day one, but I, I, I imagine just like uh, those players I listed, it's not going to take long um, until there's a until there's an Okuda Island. And you know, the, the other direction the Lions could go um, would be Simmons. But I mean, you were talking about someone who's going to immediately come in and fill a specific need. I mean, Okuda is the best. Um, the best player for that um and he he's gonna love it it's gonna fit perfectly in patricia's scheme now as a vikings fan and i'm a bears fan <laughs> it really hurts to see him come into our division especially oh yeah Bears quarterback issues and and you know they've they've had a tough time finding targets they have had some good targets but it's a it's about finding those targets and he's gonna make it a lot tougher oh he's gonna be an absolute nuisance yeah absolutely um we move west uh for our first pick out west los angeles chargers are on the board at number six and we get our first pick not in the sec or big 10 logan why don't you tell us a little bit about who you have uh the chargers taking at number six yeah the chargers they they missed out on on the two of sweepstakes um and, and burrow obviously went number one um, but they really got to find the replacement for Philip Rivers. There's been talk that they're going to stick with Tyrod Taylor. I that 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 would shock me. I mean, maybe they want to try and play for the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes next year. Um, but Tyrod Taylor has not been a even halfway decent starter um, during his NFL career. Um, so they're going to turn and they're going to go with Justin Herbert. Uh, he's kind of the wild card out of the top three uh, quarterback prospects, I think. This time last year, or even coming into the college football season last year, Herbert was the number one pick. You know, Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow hadn't really become who he, who he is, um, and people were still kind of worried about Tua's injuries. Um, but, I mean, he, he has the arm strength that you need, um, but he makes decisions that sometimes make you scratch your head. And I, I think that that could go well on a West Coast offense uh, to get that ball down the field quickly. Uh, so I think they they, they got to make this pick. I, it's one of those things where, like, you know, he has, like you said, he has the arm strength, and you know that that is something that is very key for a quarterback to have. But uh, I watched at least two full seasons of Mitchell Trubisky having arm strength, but not having a clue what to do after his first read falls through, or you know, overthrowing guys by three or four yards, and that's something that Herbert. Um, has been you know seen and known to do i feel like this is the first pick in this draft where it might not be the best pick for them but like you said it's something that they have to do dylan do you kind of agree with that assessment from from logan and i uh yeah i think once they weren't well i mean unless they go out and get like a cam newton or something like that assuming that they don't you know find an immediate like NFL starter for their for their team right now they kind of have to kick the wheels on Herbert um because like Logan said Tyrod Taylor um as much as they may want to put the smoke screen out there he is not the, he is not the the answer 
Um, and that team has a lot of talent around the quarterback position. Um, they have good receivers. They have a good running game. Um, they got some protection for their quarterback this offseason, and they they have a good defense that was a little bit banged up. They got they're they're getting a lot of players back this year, and they do have a lot of talent. So they kind of have to figure out the quarterback position. And I don't know if Herbert will be the guy that will start right away. I don't actually assume. I don't. I don't assume he will. Um, but if he ends up being somebody that they um, think he can be, and he ends up reaching his potential, that could be. Um, obviously that's huge for any team finding their, their franchise quarterback, but, uh, that team already has a lot of stuff, a lot of things in place already. So, um, they're just kind of missing one of, you know, the biggest positions in football. So, yeah, the Chargers are weird because they, they had it, it, it seemed they had it put together the year before this last season Yeah, and it just fell off the rails. Yeah. Um, and teams do that, obviously, you know, we've seen, we've seen two teams do that in the past, but the Rams um the rams yeah so we they they are hoping to put it back together and i think herbert is a start but it might be more of a a future investment rather than like the the fill-in now spot um moving on though uh we move to the carolina panthers at number seven um they have they have a lot of work to do um they did fill their quarterback need by signing teddy bridgewater um that is something that you know helps them a lot because they don't have to focus on that quarterback just yet um they do they are uh, now missing luke keekley who retired and i think they try to immediately fill his place if not directly replace him with isaiah simmons out of clemson uh simmons is just one of those guys who um, he will always find the football no matter where it's at on the field. Um, and, you know, he can kind of play a little bit of everywhere. And I think that it's it's not necessarily a no-brainer for the Panthers because they have a few different options they could go with here. Uh, but he is probably the best option on the defensive side for their specific need. Uh, Dylan, what do you think about this pick? Um, I really like Simmons. Um, I got to see him close up in the college football playoff last year, and uh, he, you know, he was unreal. Um, and yeah, I just think the versatility is one of the things that um, is so unique about him because, like, he's there's a lot of players that are you know versatile coming out of college and they can play different positions and they can you know play them to a, a relatively high degree but he plays everything at an elite level he's and he can move all over and without without missing a beat you can line you can he's basically one of those players on the, the defensive side of the ball that um offenses are gonna have to game plan around and they're gonna have to try you know try to avoid him and he will be somebody that you can stick on um you know, tight ends or, or running backs or whatever, and, or, you know, send them in, um, after blitzes or, you know, have him play some coverage at safety. He can do whatever you're going to ask of him. And he's just kind of a jack of all trades that the defensive coordinator is going to be able to, um, you know, come up with fun ways to implement him every week. So yeah, it's a great pick here for the, the Panthers, especially, you know, given the Keekly stuff as well. And Logan, his physical profile, I mean, you know, you're looking at somebody who's 6'4", 230, and he can play just about anywhere on the field. 
decent length like that that's one of his biggest strengths there right there is just his his profile right yeah i i I mean if you want to talk about the defensive uh analogy of lamar jackson this is the guy right i mean people have to game plan around the unreal level of athleticism of lamar jackson every week and we saw how that went this past season isaiah simmons is going to be the opposite for defense uh, he's going to be that guy that actually could shut down Lamar Jackson potentially. Um, you know, there really isn't NFL comparison for someone like this. I mean, the athleticism of, of Khalil Mack, um, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, even Daniel Hunter for the Vikings is phenomenal. But we're talking about a four three nine forty at a guy who's six four two thirty. I mean, five ten years ago, that guy would have been defensive end, no doubt about it. And then you add in four three nine speed, it's unheard of. And yeah. an absolute steal for the Panthers. And it, it just happens to work perfectly with, with Keekly stepping away. I have to kind of remind myself here who picked at number eight, um, just because of how messed up our uh draft order was. But I believe this is Dylan at number eight. Uh Dylan, let, let's talk a little bit about what the Cardinals are gonna do here. Okay, so uh, the Cardinals, um, you know, before they executed the DeAndre Hopkins, I don't want to call it a trade because it was literally just a heist. And and how Bill O'Brien has a job is so beyond me. Is so, <laughs> so beyond me. How he has a job as a coach, let alone a GM, is beyond me. But, you know, that's, that's for another time to talk about. But, uh, yeah, before that, um, you could think that they maybe would want to take one of those, you know, top three receivers. But... Um, they got their wide receiver number one. Um, they got their quarterback last year. Um, their defense, uh, isn't great. Um, but they do need to protect their quarterback. So I'm going to go with, uh, Andrew Thomas here at tech, uh, tackle out of Georgia. And Logan, what do you, what oh. do you, what do you think about that reasoning? I mean, you know, obviously they're kind of focusing more on that offensive end more than anything. Um, and I feel like, you know, strengthening that line is, is going to do wonders for them and, and Kyler Murray. Absolutely. They, they had their future franchise quarterback in Murray, um, and they went out and they got that number one receiver already. Um, you know, they absolutely stole him, but but they have him. Um, and so it doesn't really make sense to go receiver here. That was their other big need. Um, I mean, if they double dipped, holy crap, watch out. Uh, but they really need that blindside protection from Murray. And, and I think they got... The guy who, out of the four tackles, is kind of overlooked because he just gets it done, that kind of guy. You know, he doesn't – Becton's got that, you know, larger-than-life frame versus that larger-than-life athleticism. And 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 the guy from Alabama, Wills, um, you know, played at a high level throughout the SEC. But um, Thomas has just been getting it done, and, and I think the Cardinals get it done here with this pick. Sorry to interrupt you earlier, Dylan. I, did, I didn't mean to. You can go ahead and – uh, finish what you were going to say about Thomas. Oh, I mean, uh, Logan hit a lot of the points that I was going to, but just, um, yes, I mean, like Thomas, I think is a guy that does get overlooked. Um, but the thing of, that I like about him in this pick here is because he's already going to be good in the run game. And it, like, it, it seems like that's where his, uh, you know, his strengths were. And as a pass blocker, he can improve and he, was a three-year starter so like playing in the sec for all three years 
um, and then immediately stepping in and being, you know, a left tackle in the NFL, you're gonna you're gonna face a lot of great uh, defensive linemen and defensive ends. So you're you're gonna improve after, with with uh, year after year, and um, he's somebody that can grow with that young core that they have there. Yeah, you mentioned you know he did play in the SEC, obviously you know, one of the two best conferences in uh, college football. Uh, that is our third SEC player picked so far in the eight picks. So we actually go right back to the SEC uh, for the fourth time in the ninth pick with the Jaguars. Logan, tell us a little bit about who you went with there. So the Jaguars actually will not allow a cornerback on their roster, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> well, okay. Okay, they take a cornerback here. Uh, I mean, they, they trade away Jalen Ramsey. Um, and they also got rid of, of Boyu as well. So they're really hurting for some cornerback help. Um, and so they stay right there in the state of Florida. They take C.J. Henderson, who is pretty much unanimously the second best corner. Um, there's Okuda and there's a bit of a fallout. But C.J. Henderson, uh, the only knock against him from what I've seen is his tackling could improve. But, I mean, come on now. If, if he can stick to the receiver and you don't ever have to tackle – <laughs> slam dunk pick here and i and i think they fill an immediate need anderson should be a, a, a really good cornerback right out the right out of the start and that's kind of you know not to hate on you know the titans or the texans or you know that division but it i feel like you know the quarterback play in that division isn't what you know isn't the best and you know if you can shut down already not so great quarterbacks from having to throw the ball, that's yeah, that's that's a great pick. Dylan, how how do you feel about you know this is our fourth SEC prospect off the board? Is that just kind of you know business as usual for NFL draft prospects? Uh, I mean, yeah, it seems that way at this point. SEC, Big Ten, ACC, basically. Uh, running the top end of the draft at this um, the last couple of years and um, it continues here. I love Henderson as a prospect. Um, I think uh, he so like my bold statement would be that he is probably a better like man corner than um, Okuda. But Ooh, I think words. but I think and the, like I'm an Ohio State guy, so like this is tough. But like <clears throat> I think Oku, I think Okuda's a better player all around. But as far definitely, as like definitely. just shutting just one on one, like shutting down a receiver, I think that uh, Henderson might be have the ability to be that guy, the, the number one guy out of this class. Um, but yeah, like like you said, he has some tackling issues. Um, he had, he had a, a couple really bad uh, games on tape this last year, but his 2018 tape was really really solid. And uh, he's super fast, super insanely athletic, um, and has good ball skills. So, you know, picking somebody to replace Jalen Ramsey is very tough, obviously. Uh, but this is definitely a step in the right direction. I think they they nailed this pick, and it, it might surprise somebody, some people, him going this high. But like, th- this is a really good pick for the uh, Jaguars. Next up, we are now at the last pick of the top 10. We have the Browns. Uh, the Browns, I feel like the Browns always need a little bit of everything, but their largest need is the offensive tack- or offensive line, specifically tackle. Uh, there are four really good tackles in this draft, and they get one of them. Uh, they're going to take Mackay Bracton out of Louisville. Uh, the dude is a monster. Uh, 
like he is he is six seven three hundred and sixty nine pounds uh he moves really really well for his size uh he's just a, a massive man and if you just put him anywhere on your line he's probably going to stop the dude in front of him uh, logan you know the browns are kind of always hard to pick for because they're always picking in these top you know 10 to 15 picks it seems uh why does this pick make the difference for them last year baker mayfield really struggled and and there's a bunch of reasons you could point fingers at at kitchens at, at obj what have you um but consistently there definitely was a very very subpar offensive line specifically blindside performance and if you give baker mayfield that extra time you know he, he had a very good rookie year and I, I think you can see a resurgence of the browns passing game now um and you know they have other offensive weapons if they can get the, the run game going with that absolute tank of a man on the left side there i mean browns are supposed to take that next last year Maybe we might start to see that this year when they, if they are able to able to snag back. He can do a little bit of both on that offensive line too. He's not specifically, uh, you know, blocking the pass rush. He's not specifically helping out the run. Dylan, is that is that versatility while still being an absolute monster something to covet and you know kind of be jealous of the Browns for seeing him drop to ten. Uh, yeah, I think that Becton is the guy out of the tackles, um, that has probably the highest ceiling. I think they're all going to be very good, but like he, um, already being a dominant, um, pass blocker and, and run blocker that he is, um, put pairing that with his, you know, the potential that he has as such a freak athlete and, and massive person, massive, uh, human being, um, that's a really good um, pick here because, you know, the, the potential is just through the roof with Becton. As opposed right. to some of the other guys who are just kind of like, they're very good, don't get me wrong, but it, it, it it's uh, their potential may not be nearly as high. We stay with uh, offensive tackle, and Dylan uh, is picking for the New York Jets. Dylan, why do the Jets take Jedrick Willis here? Or Jed- Jedrick Wills, excuse me. Um, so they could definitely go a couple different positions here. Um, they could go one of the receivers, uh, since they did lose Robbie Anderson in free agency. Um, and they don't really have any, uh, targets besides Le'Veon Bell, I guess. Um, and Jameson Crowder, if you want to compare, uh, if you want to say he's a, a target, um, for Sam Darnold, but they got to protect him first. So they're going to take, um, uh, Jedrick Wills and get basically, you know, their next starting left tackle for the next ten years, um, and and keep Sam Darnold off off of his off of his ass and and give him time to throw in the pocket and um, maybe hope to find a receiver later or something. Maybe they trade back into the first round. Who knows um, to get one of those receivers? But um, they need to they need to keep Sam Darnold uh, uh, standing standing and and wills is the the last of the remaining tackles um and he's he's insanely good very similar to andrew thomas um obviously they both came came out of the sec um but um 
they're both very big and both very athletic and both very dominant in the run game. So this will, this will definitely help the Jets here. Logan, I think this is the most I've ever talked about offensive linemen in about like a 30-minute stretch. Uh, definitely. These, these four are super impressive, and I don't think mm-hmm. Will's being taken last out of these four is you know a negative for him. I think uh, he's got a lot to – you know, take away from being picked in in the top 15, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could flip a coin and, and, and figure out the order for these guys. Um, but a lot like Thomas, Wills is a guy who just gets it done, right? People rave about Wills, his technique. And I, and when it's all said and done, that might be the difference between these four, right? In in five years, um, Wills might just be the better NFL player because he's just the better NFL player. He doesn't have the physical traits that these other guys do. Um, but like we've been saying, you know, Alabama just teaches you how to get it done. And this this guy just got it done in Alabama. There arguably was no one better in college position. Well, speaking of Alabama, uh, the Raiders, Logan, you have them taking uh, somebody from that, you know, Roll Tide program. Yeah, they the take Raiders taking Darius Hayward Bay. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> um, no, the, the, I, I think the Raiders actually make a good pick here in, in Jerry Judy. Uh, he just he seems like the kind of player that would fit in with what Mike Mayock's approach to drafting is. And I mean, people compare him to Julio Jones, Mari Cooper. Uh, and I mean, he just he won every battle in college. This guy catches anything thrown to him. He's just a freaking winner. And watch out, NFL. This this guy, in my opinion, he he will be the best receiver out of the draft. These other guys are extremely talented, one through eight. But I mean, Jerry Judy, Judy over a several year time uh, time frame just showed why I think he will be the number one receiver in this class. He's a freaking winner. I love <laughs> it, um, Dylan. Yo. This is the first wide receiver we see picked. Uh, we see a few more taken before this first round mock is over. Uh, why? Why is he the first one off the board here? Um, I think he is. I he's the best route runner in the class by uh, a good margin. He's extremely, extremely technical with his feet. Um, he has he gets open. He separates so easily. Like. Any NFL coordinator is going to love him because he just the ease that he separates with. Um, and he is very good after uh, at running after the catch. Um, he may not be as good as like a, a CD lamb or um, even his teammate, Henry Ruggs in that aspect, but he's still insanely good after the catch. Um, and I think just because of his route running ability is, is the reason why he's the top guy here. And um there aren't very many holes in his game and he's, he's just going to, he's just going to produce. That's what you're going to look for out of Jerry Judy. He's going to be a target hog and he's just going to, he's just going to produce because he wins so much. Sticking with wide receivers. And you just mentioned him. Uh, we get to our first Homer pick. Um, Dylan is an avid 49ers fan. They have the 13th pick. You have them taking CD lamb. Uh, Dylan, you know, I'm going to just let you talk about this. Why, why is this your guy? <laughs> okay. So um, I go back and forth almost daily on 
who I would have as wide receiver one in this class, whether it's Lamb or Judy. Um, but that's just because I think of both of them so highly. And and they just they win ra- their routes very differently, and they win their matchups very differently um, is the thing. And, and Judy, like we said, is, is more of a guy that gets separation. But Lamb is a guy that he's significantly bigger, and he wins contested catches all the time. Like those 50-50 balls that, um, you know, those tight, tight uh, uh, areas for areas uh, for the quarterback to put the ball in, uh, C.D. Lamb goes up and he gets them. He boxes out people with his body very well. Um, he's great at the point of contest. Um, he has very strong hands. And he's a very willing blocker, which I think is something that uh, some of the re- one of the reasons why Kyle Shanahan might, might like him a lot. Um, he loves receivers that uh, like to get out and block in the run game. And C.D. Lamb does not have any fear in his body when it comes to blocking cornerbacks. Um, and I think the, the the reason why Lamb would be the pick here over somebody like Henry Ruggs um, would be because uh, the 49ers would be going for something that they don't really have. They have somebody that can, you know, run those end arounds and 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 is more of a speed guy uh, with Debo Samuel last year that they took in the second round, and now they add um, more of a vertical threat and a bigger receiver um, for for Jimmy G. So, yeah, CD Lamb would be the pick here, and I would be thrilled. <laughs> and we come to our second trade of the first round. Uh, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were slotted to pick 14th. They're going to trade back. Uh, they're going to receive the 17th pick from the Dallas Cowboys, the 82nd pick, and the 164th pick. Uh, the reasoning here being that uh, Tampa Bay has one thing that they probably want to get out of this first round, and there's nothing from that one thing that they want to get right here. Uh, so they move back and you know get a couple more shots at getting somebody for Tom Brady. Uh Logan, you know, you're not the one making the pick here. I know Dylan is, but I want to hear your thoughts about why Dallas might potentially trade up without necessarily talking about uh, the, the player that is being picked here at 14. Yeah, I mean, Dallas is still in win mode, uh, win now mode, right? Um, whatever the issue with Prescott may be, the fact of the matter is the Cowboys are, are one of the five most talented teams in the NFL. Whether or not they can put it together and actually win more than eight football games is a question left to be determined. But they're looking for someone who's going to come in and produce right away. They don't have time to draft. Um, not that they're going quarterback here, not that, but like a Justin Herbert. They don't, they don't, they're not looking for, all right, three years from now, you're going to be a quality starter. They need someone who comes in and fills – a need now where it's just so damn good that they're going to find a way for them to be on the football field. And that's, that's what they do here. And Dylan, um, why is Derek Brown that guy who can just kind of step in and, and fill the role that, uh, that the Cowboys need to be filled? Well, outside of like Chase Young and like maybe Jeff Okuda, he's the best defensive player in the draft. Um, he is an absolute, monster um he takes on multiple blocks at a time he's very quick off the line um even for his massive size and he just he's very very powerful he gobbles up blockers and that's going to be great for um their linebackers that they have now with Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith um and 
he's he's very good at getting into the backfield. He's very disruptive. He wins almost every down, and he's just going to make uh, offensive linemen's lives hell. And and they have a pretty talented offense or pretty pretty talented defensive line already. And they probably would look for more like back end help, uh, but they can't really pass out pass up taking uh, Derek Brown here. And and um, it's worth the the move up to get him because he's so physically gifted and. Uh, projects to be somebody that can uh like logan said step in right away and and have an impact on their defense now logan the the broncos get jumped here um but we personally don't think that that affects their pick too much uh who do you have the broncos taken here at 17 or 15 excuse me yeah big surprise here they go wide receiver um and very happily for them uh one of the three big three is there and that's who they take here with with Henry Ruggs the third. Um, he's he, he, people are comparing him to Tyree Kill, um, and that that four two nine speed definitely makes you think that. Um, but scouts really say that you know don't don't just call him a speedster. His his route running is, is up there with Lamb, perhaps even better than than Judy. And you know John Elway has a history of some some shady picks, but here he gets it done. And Ruggs kind of seems like one of those wide receivers where regardless of whether or not you have that need for a wide receiver, you should take a look at him. Dylan, is that what a lot of teams are going to do? That you know, Whether or not they have the need for wide receiver, it's going to be kind of hard for them to pass up on, on that speed and talent from Ruggs? Uh, yeah, I mean, the NFL has really <clears throat> gone away from big-bodied, you know, possession receivers in the last couple of years and adding somebody with the insane speed um, that Ruggs has into this draft classes. Um, it, yeah, it's going to make any, any team in the NFL intrigued. And he's somebody that you kind of just want to get the ball in his hands and let him go because he's that quick and he's that good after the run. Um, but uh, I, I do agree with what Logan said. He's a, ve- he's a much more complete receiver than people uh, give him credit for and he's not like a gadget guy like where you have to like throw screens to get him open or like get him on end rounds he is very effective in those areas but he's somebody also that can you know just be an every down receiver where like you if you need him to win a matchup on the outside you can do that you can move him inside if you want to um, and he has strong hands like he's an he's an insane athlete like an absolute insane athlete if you haven't seen the, the highlights of him in high school dunking on everybody uh you should definitely go check those out he he's he can jump out of the i was gonna say gym but it's not not the gym uh (laughs) uh, he did jump out of the gym but yeah he he um he's insane athlete has big strong hands um very reminiscent to like honestly like obj in a way um with how he can kind of pluck the ball out of the air with one hand um and couple that with his freak uh speed it's it it's going to be very intriguing wherever he lands up and see how they utilize him. And if they do it effectively, he could he could be the best receiver in, in this draft class. And we move to our, our final pick before we take a short little break here. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they're wedged in between this trade that the the uh, Cowboys and Bucks made. Uh, I have them taking Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. Uh He's a great defensive lineman, but it's it's a little bit more than that. I think he has incredible football IQ. He's able to uh, kind of 
jump as soon as the ball is snapped and get that power to get past the offensive lineman. Uh, 6'5", 315 pounds. He's absolute monster of a man. Uh, another SEC product. Dylan, I mean, we've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again you know, throughout the rest of the podcast because, spoiler alert, we have quite a few uh, SEC talents in here. Uh, why is he you know, one of the, the better defensive players in that conference and, and in the draft? Uh, I think with Kinlaw, you look at somebody who kind of has a lot of untapped potential, and that's uh, in, in, in the same way that we were talking about Derek Brown, um, it's, it, it's, or not, I'm sorry, not Derek Brown, Kai Becton. Um, it's kind of crazy given how productive he was at South Carolina. Um, yeah, he's, he's a, like a really insane athlete. He's a massive human being. Um, and the crazy thing is he could still probably cut down a few pounds and be even more effective. Um, he has an NFL body already, though, and he uh, wins both as a speed rusher um, on the inside and as a as just a, a bull rusher, um, and that's very attractive to teams. Um, he can you know move around on the defensive lines and 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 you know just wreak havoc. Uh, Logan, you know this SEC class is impressive. Uh, what makes the Falcons want to take him here over, say, you know, uh, you know, one of the Alabama secondary guys, or, or you know, some of these other safeties through from this uh, conference? Yeah, one of the few staples of the Falcons, I guess you could call the defense of the last couple of years, ha- has been that that defensive line play, um, and I and I think they look to solidify that here. Uh, with the uber athletic and strong Kinlaw, um, and, and and the quarterback class is, is is fairly deep, so they'll be able to find that later here. But Kinlaw, it's just too good to pass up. A lot of people even put him ahead of Brown for the kind of NFL career they're going to have. So I think the Falcons definitely are, are sitting happy here with their selection. Yeah, I think right. I think what puts the Falcons in a really good spot is I uh, a lot of people say that there's like sixteen like elite level talents. And I think we hit, I, I have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure we hit like all 16 of them. And so being able to just kind of pick whoever falls to them out of those guys um, is a sweet spot to be in for the, for the Falcons. All right. We're going to hit our first break here. We're going to come back and talk to you about another trade uh, that happens involving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, uh, we'll return after this break. 